0: Listeners, before we dig into this episode, I do want to tell you that the broad we're going to be talking about today does have, in her history, sexual abuse. So this is a content warning that that is present in this episode. So if you need to roll past this episode and pick a different one, go ahead and do that. We just don't want you to be surprised. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm your host, Sarah Gorski. And I'm here again for the second week in a row with Miss Chloe Skye. It's me. It's Chloe. And Chloe, you and our listeners know we've been working our way down a list of, quote, crazy women for all, li- actually literally months now. This series like, became way bigger than I originally meant it to be. <laughs> so I hope, I hope you're all as into it as I still am. <laughs> and I broke the whole series on crazy, quote, crazy women down into little mini series. Mini series, Z's? Mini series? <laughs> What's the plural or of miniseries? I
1: think it's miniseries. I think it's it's already plural.
0: The first miniseries was um prolific women and then we talked about the visionaries, the women who had visions of Jesus and God visiting them. And now we're in the miniseries called Crazy or Not Here They Come, which I didn't have a better title for. I'm not a great writer, Chloe, I'm sorry. I'm not as good as Chloe. But they are basically women who didn't really fly under the radar at all. They were like really publicly called crazy by a lot of people, like in in their lifetimes and beyond. Uh, And today's broad, she even called herself crazy. Literally, the title of her memoir is Call Me Crazy.
1: Hmm.
0: Do you know who I'm talking about, Chloe?
1: I know I know that memoir, I but I can't. I cannot think of anything.
0: Today's broad is the the late, great Anne Hatch.
1: Okay. okay. We, we
0: just mentioned her last week because she had died. She was in our list of broads we lost. Mm-hmm. And she, believe it or not, was on my... <laughs> she, this is the spot we were at in the miniseries. Ironically, we just talked about her last week. First, like, before we say anything else, what, if any, are any memories that you have about Anne Hatch from, like, when we were growing up? Do you, like, do you remember what you thought of her, what you knew about her, or, like, did you know about her when you were younger? Uh, not at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah, not even a little bit.
0: I first remember hearing her name around the time the movie Six Days, Seven Nights came out with Harrison Ford. hmm And they co-starred together. And, like, right around that, or, like, around the exact same time, it, like, became public that she was dating Ellen DeGeneres. And I I don't, like, like my usual brain, I don't remember a lot of specifics except that she was like generally very derog- derogatorily referred to by the press and she was like a lesbian and a slut um but like i didn't know what like why it just seemed like she was like a bad e- a bad egg or something <laughs> like like that was like the general like press you know when you're a kid and you like hear news or you see the tablets at the grocery store but you don't like actually know anything about and you're like well that person seems like they got issues or whatever and she kind of like was in that category right
1: yeah i i feel i have a general sense that she was just like the victim of patriarchy being like oh she was a slut but like she was just a person
0: yeah that's what i think now of course (laughs) when i was a kid i didn't (laughs) know any better and then of course i'll like we'll fast forward to 2022 she had her very untimely and horrible demise she in an accident crashes her car into a house And set it on fire so badly it took 60 firefighters to put it out. And she suffered terrible injuries in the crash and the subsequent fire and she passed away a couple days later. Um, And it was so awful. It was this horrible news story of 2022. There was like a few days in the hospital when she was in the hospital before she had passed. And everyone was speculating about like, first off, the car crash and how it happened. And like, was she drunk? Or was she on drugs? Or yada, yada, yada. And then B, they were speculating whether or not she was going to survive. And then she passed. And then there were a bunch of articles and posts and tributes that people did about her um and this is i i'm bringing this up because this is when she came back on my radar because she hasn't been on my ra- like i vaguely remember this as a kid and then i i don't remember hearing much about her since right and then this mm-hmm. horrible accident happens and one of the the tributes that like flew across my feed that was being shared was by another actress emily burgle do you know emily burgle no she's been in a bunch of things but she's she's not like quite the household name yet, I think, but if you look her up on IMDb, she's got a bunch of different things, but I kind of want to just read her post about Anne I feel I always feel bad crib in a whole section, but like, Emily said about this uh, in her tribute, she said You worked with Crazy Anne Hetch? So how crazy was she? And those were in quote marks. Those were like questions people had asked her. She says, I worked with Ann Hatch for two years on the TV show Men in Trees. And this line of questioning was usually the first out of people's mouths. She elicited more curiosity than any other famous person I've ever worked with. I'd like to give you answers to the questions I most received about Ann. Answers that I gave many, many times. Ann was not only a genius, but one of the most astoundingly focused and prepared actors I've ever worked with. I don't think I ever saw her miss her mark. I imagine she may have called for her line once or twice, but I can't recall her ever needing it. I asked her what her secret was, and she told me that her first job was playing twins on another world. That's a soap opera. So she had to memorize up to 70 pages of dialogue a day. Ooh. The only joke I did make about Anne was was that it's likely she didn't have a psychotic break, but really was an alien, because her strength seemed superhuman. She would work for 12 hours, invite everyone to the bar, drink a couple doubles, and be back at work at 4 a.m. As I would roll in feeling barely human, she would walk into the makeup trailer always on time, her smiling face luminous without a lick of makeup. Scene after scene, her work would be flawless, and yet always remain spontaneous. I don't think she was capable of phoning it in. And then she would do it all again the next day. It's no wonder Anne titled her brilliant memoir, Call Me Crazy. She beat everyone to the punch. She was talking about mental health before it was acceptable to talk about those struggles. She was raped by her father, her brother killed himself, and her mother told her she would burn in hell for loving a woman. But despite a sometimes harrowing life, she was so much fun to be around. She was insouciant, oh my gosh, I don't even know that word. Joyous and insightful. We so rarely investigate the abuse, the gaslighting, the misogyny, the homophobia that drives people to finally take up the crazy mantle that's been placed upon them. End quote. And so I read this post, Chloe, and I was like, whoa. I know nothing about Anna Hatch and Anna Hatch's life, and I am like, color me interested. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's a lot to unpack in that post. So I'm starting to research her, and I find this interview that she did with Barbara Walters, also RIP. She did this interview in 2001. And later, Barbara would say that she was the, it was the craziest interview that she'd ever done. And Barbara also opens the entire interview asking her, Anne, are you crazy? Wow. I feel like this this actually post is maybe what prompted me to do the whole, like, crazy women series because I'm like, wow, crazy. That word is being used so loosely and so, like gratuitously kind of mm-hmm. like around about Anne and and what, a,
1: what a way to start an interview
0: start an interview
1: like oh no i'm not gonna be defensive or on the back foot today
0: well that being said i don't want to i think barbara maybe looks bad in that like to be fair i think that interview happened as a part of her press rollout for her memoir and her memoir was call me crazy
1: fair enough fair enough <laughs>
0: Just to make sure that nobody thinks Barbara Walters was being, like, extremely distasteful. It, it was on brand for what she was rolling out at the time period. It's just interesting that, like, she would call herself crazy. So I feel like all the women we've talked about in this series, may, some, you know, many of them weren't crazy even at all. Some of them were maybe a little bit. But none of them seemed very self-aware of that either that label or that... Or that they were struggling or that they had those, those kind of issues. Mm. Um, and she, and here's Anne Hatch, who's like embracing it fully, which mm-hmm. I find really fascinating. So she had like, a, just a self-awareness that I think other women that we've covered haven't had. Um, the interview with Barbara Walters also happened roughly a year after her big last news cycle, Anne's last news cycle, wherein right after her and Ellen's breakup, Apparently, in Fresno, or, or nearby Fresno, she abandoned her SUV by a creek and she walked a mile to some random house and she told the occupant of the house that God was coming to take everyone to heaven in a spaceship. Quote, I was told to go to a place where I would meet a spaceship. I was told in order to get on the spaceship that I would have to take a hit of ecstasy. End quote. Okay. Later authorities would say that she was going through an overdose, which seems obvious. Sounds like. But that is some like, okay, let's just whoa for a second. That is like a little next level. We've heard like weird stuff on this podcast, but that's pretty weird. I would agree. But there's more. So this is like, now I'm digging into the reason that people called her crazy and that she called herself crazy. In the book, she calls herself this. In her book, she says that she was in the grip of voices and visions almost every waking moment for nearly seven years. By the time she was 25, quote, I had a fantasy world that I escaped to. I called my other personality Celestia. I believed I was from that world. I believed I was from another planet. I think I was insane end quote. Hmm. And her personality had kind of begun to fragment, and she was like shattering into moments of madness often. She believed that this Celestia, this other part of her, was the reincarnation of God, spoke a different language, and had special powers. Quote, you name it, I could do it. I could see into the future. I could heal people. I don't know where it came from. I was, in my mind, learning it from God. In my mind, I became Jesus. No, okay. that is like some of the weirdest. That's weird next level shit. That's yeah. Some, some weird shit, which begs this question of like, what the fuck? That's pretty crazy, right? I can,
1: I can see why people would say that.
0: Well, I do have answers. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. I some Was it some like male doctor who prescribed her a bunch of shit she didn't actually need and it made her go loopy?
0: No, there's another one I'm going to talk about. I think next week about that, but it was not <laughs> Anne Hetz. Of course, that's a story too. That's Franny Farmer. We're going to talk about her next week. Um, okay. <laughs> no, um, actually, and terrifyingly, she was repeatedly from the age of two to 12, raped by her father. When she Ooh, was young.
1: That'll do it too.
0: And her father was apparently a, uh, he was a Baptist minister or he started as a Baptist minister and then left that job and traveled the family around, But he was a closeted homosexual, Mm -hmm. and they were so religious, and her mother, like, absolutely, you know, couldn't even talk about homosexuality in the least. And then she had this closeted dad who was assaulting her. And her younger sister, or her older sister, died when she was younger. Um, And then her dad dies of AIDS in the 80s. And her mother, you know, thought she was going to burn in hell because... Well, Mm -hmm. later when she was dating Ellen DeGeneres, you know that was homosexual too. But basically, her mother sounds like a pretty like awful, hateful person, and that she kind of inflicted this same cycle of violence that her dad was inflicting, but like not physically, just mentally. And uh, Mm -hmm. and that she had like been like she even like had herpes when she was a kid, Mm -hmm. like no doubt from the assault. And like she like went through some crazy shit, and her brother dies. I didn't want to, like, lay this all out in some, I I don't know. It felt like, it feels horrible to talk about all these tragedies all in a row. But that, um, but he died, it was a car accident, but she kind of insinuates in her book that maybe it was kind of like an intentional car accident, that he was, like, trying to kind of kill himself, maybe. It's like a real bundle of shit that she came from. And when she's 12, she gets her first showbiz gig. She's working at a dinner theater. Her family was, like, living off of other people's couches. And when her dad died, she said, quote, he was a very promiscuous man. We knew his lifestyle then. And her brother, three months after their father died, her brother dies in this car accident. So, like, all of this horrible tragedy. And then she's left with her mother, this God-fearing, awful human being.
1: And Mm -hmm. she kind
0: of, like, basically what I gathered from you know, everything that I was reading and which were mostly quotes from her own autobiography is that she really kind of like formed the Celestia character was kind of like her coping mechanism and her way of surviving these horrible things. And then her brain was like trying to kind of protect her and created this other personality.
1: Do we think it's, I mean, I don't don't know they don't call it multiple personality disorder anymore i think there's like a different name for it but it is that it sounds like personality no there's like there's some new term for it but is that does it sound like that's kind of what was going on like it was a separate complete identity from her that she like would escape into
0: it's hard to tell and like none of the articles I was reading like specifically mentioned what illness they thought she had. Like unlike some of our other broads like people
1: Now they're calling it dissociative identity disorder.
0: Dissociative identity disorder. Well, it certainly sounds like that that like it was this like coping mechanism. Weirdly enough, okay, I don't want to make light of any comparisons, but I've just been watching Sandman. Fi- finally, it's been out a while, but I'm finally watching it. Did you see it?
1: I have not finished it yet. I was watching it with one of my roommates, but we we might we made it through like eight episodes, and I really loved it. And we just haven't we just so haven't finished seen it so you've seen the
0: episode that I'm thinking of when there's the little boy Jed who's being like basically abused by like his dad's friend, who's his foster dad. Have you been to that? You've been to that episode? No, I don't think I
1: have. That doesn't sound familiar at all.
0: Oh my god, I just ruined it for you. Oh gosh. Fuck. Well, it's a short, it's a short-lived bit of the story. But um, he basically like when he dreams at night, he like dreams up these wild fantasies of like he where he's the superhero and he's the one fighting the bad guys. And like because of the magic of the show and stuff like that, these things are very real for him. Um, the whole show is like about mm-hmm. dream life and and all that stuff. But um, I, when I was reading, so I watched that episode and then I'm doing all this research on Anne and I was like Jesus. Like, wouldn't you try to escape this horrific sexual abuse when you're young?
1: It's the things our uh, human brain will do to escape that at, at that age. It's, it's impressive and terrifying and sad.
0: Yes. And, and she said, so, Um, what does she say? Here, I have some quotes from her. And I just want to make sure I get them right. Yeah, she, she talks. Her book has, actually is a little bit, exp, even gets a little explicit about it. So I'm not going to quote that part of it but one of the things she said was quote i think it's always hard for children to talk about the abuse because it is only memory i didn't carry around a tape recorder i didn't chisel anything in stone anybody can look and say well how do you know for sure and that's one of the most painful things about it you don't Hmm. and she doesn't and she didn't know if her mother knew what her dad was doing or not but she said quote i think everything i've done in all my insanity was to try to get my parents to love me. My father loved movie stars, and I decided I needed to become famous to get his love. My mother loved Jesus, so that was her thing. So I wanted to become Jesus Christ. And to get away from her painful upbringing, she says, quote, I drank, I smoked, I did drugs, I had sex with people, I did anything I could to get the shame out of my life. And at one point, she even confronted her mother about the sexual abuse, and her mother hung up on her. And she said, quote, to have gone through so much work to heal myself and have my mother not acknowledge in any way that she was sorry for what happened to me broke my heart. And in that moment, I split off from myself. And so I told the story about her craziness first, but like, then you find out these reasons, right? And like, it makes sense. I'm not a psychologist, but like, it all makes sense. She started to hit it big. She she was such a brilliant talent that she rose quickly. Like once her when she got cast on that um that uh, soap opera, she like won a daytime Emmy for it, and her career kind of took off from there. She even did you know this? She dated Steve Martin. No. Apparently, she dated Steve Martin for two years. Wow. Fascinating. Uh, she was thirty years younger than him. Quite the age gap.
1: Yeah, not not uncommon.
0: But yeah, but then she met Ellen DeGeneres and fell madly in love with her. And through, this is like obviously a really loose biography because it just feels kind of weird to, I don't know, it's just so recent. But um, when she met Ellen, she just like was in love with her her energy. She said that she was just this glowing presence and and I think even through her life, I don't think that Anne referred to herself as a lesbian, because all her other relationships, she has two sons. All her other relationships were with men, and she would say that, like in interviews, she would say that she just loved people. Like there was no mm-hmm. gender. So she just fell in love with the person, and that was that. She's like and,
1: pansexual before that was a term.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the the term for it right now, right? But I actually, I mean, I love that so much.
1: Yeah, I love who I love. It is what it is.
0: Ex- exactly. It's the love is love is love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was doing that here, here now decades, and then she was reviled for it. Like, she was, like, so disgraced by Hollywood. And so she fell in love with Ellen DeGeneres, and they were dating. And uh, she wanted to come out about their relationship, like, in the press and not have it be a secret anymore. And she brought Ellen to the Oscars that year. And Warner Brothers canceled her $10 million contract because she did that. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just the press. It was fucking everybody. Yeah. She like got on this Hollywood shit list. And she just was kind of like, you know, she, she worked her whole life. She still, she worked quite, she has quite the long list of movies and TV appearances. And she seems very beloved by the people that she worked with. So it's just like a... Her story is like this amazing one to me that she would be so hated, but yet it seems like really there's not very much foundation for the hatred,
1: you know? It sounds very much like that that 90s thing. Like you look at the way famous women were treated by like the entirety of media. Like you look at any of those old like late night show, talk show, like the jokes they would do in their monologue. Like just the way women were criticized or cast aside or called crazy or all of those things for, for nothing. Like just because society sort of decided they were like, well, we have our sights set on this person now. And like
0: a scapegoat. Or I think I was talking to my boyfriend about her and I was talking about her as a pariah. It was like, people Mm -hmm. just were like letting, like wanted her to be the bad guy somehow. And once,
1: and once that decision has been made, anything you do will just further the narrative
0: right and like here obviously she did have some mental illness issues like that i think are connected with her abusive past but then as anyone would as anyone would but you know so here she's she's kind of this like crossover crazy broad where like she was a little bit crazy but then also she was really painted into this corner and Mm -hmm. and,
1: um, it was made to be much worse than it actually was and also not taken seriously it was it was more it was a joke as opposed to like oh this person needs help and, and instead it was like well let's just ignore them and not hire them ever again and make fun of them on the daily for un- until it goes too far
0: yeah i mean and the fact that like emily burgle this co-star of hers from back you know a few decades ago like the number one question people ask you is how crazy was she mm-hmm and that's what people remember, and that's what people talk about.
1: Oh, that's devastating.
0: And then we have this de- now. We know this devastating history of her life, and you know what? You know what's fucking insane too. By the way, I'm. This is a rant on capitalism now.
1: <laughs> Great, I'm since, ready. Since,
0: so her book was out of publishing, like it wasn't uh, being published. New copies weren't being run at the time of her death, and now you can buy. Now the copies of her book are so expensive, used. It's insane, mm-hmm. and it was like her the celebrity dramatic nature of her death and her life have like just made her her book like extremely popular and extremely lucrative all this time after her death which is so fucking terrible.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, uh, this world is so weird.
0: This world is so late stage capitalism is weird. Yeah. That might be my phrase of 2023 late stage <laughs>
1: capitalism. <laughs> it sure is weird.
0: But it that's I mean that I don't have a lot more I you know the, I have a few more quotes and stuff like that but it, it's fascinating to talk like she obviously wrote her autobiography after she had kind of recovered from whatever this kind of deepest part of the crazy the quote craziness that she really was kind of going through because she she really speaks about it outside of it you know as it had passed and she said that like when she was with Ellen she was crazy that whole time and that Ellen knew about it and all this stuff and then it culminated in that big weird spaceship stuff in Fresno and then it seems like she did a lot of healing and she went to therapy and she got some real help and she got a lot of clarity about all these things and it seemed like in the the quotes that I was seeing from her book, she doesn't even... I mean, she wasn't even speaking poorly about her exes and stuff like that. She just seemed like she had this, like, wisdom and clarity about the things that had happened. That Like, she had been through it, mm-hmm. and she got out the other side. And for me, that makes her her death, like, even more tragic. That she had, like, really worked through that stuff, and she would have been this, like, great actress. You know, one of the, the great... I hate to say older actresses. That sounds so derogatory, but, like... My gosh, what's her name that was on Game of Thrones that was the Queen of the Roses? Like, uh, I always forget her name. You know who I'm talking about? Marjorie's Marjorie's grandmother?
1: Yes, yes. Um, you mean the actress's name?
0: Both, the actress and the character. I can't remember right now cuz I'm just brain dead. <laughs> it's 10:30, I had a glass of wine I'm dead. But, oh, yeah, gosh, she, but yeah, like she, but like she, well, she was, I mean, like she was with this great actress, right? In her there's a lot of actresses who don't even become famous until their 50s and 60s. And they have these like, they still have like a 30, 40 year career of all these excellent characters. And I was just like, that could have been Aunt. Like she just was so good. And she was so wonderful and such a great performer. And I, now I need to go back and watch all her movies again. Cause I, I don't know if that I ever saw most of them mm-hmm. like Donnie Brasco. I don't remember that one at all.
1: I did watch that played? one.
0: She plays the wife of Johnny Depp, right?
1: Uh, yes.
0: I don't know what else to say about her Chloe. Like, do you after hearing that story, like what do you think?
1: Um, I think that that is a, a genuinely tragic story that yeah, it, it surprises me, but it also doesn't surprise me. Like, it surprises me because I didn't know any of it and I vaguely remember people sort of making fun of her, but it breaks my heart because she obviously didn't deserve any of that. Do you think if the
0: press knew that full story, they would have given her such a hard time? Or do you think <sighs> they give a shit?
1: I don't think, I don't think at the t- I think today it might be different, but I think at the time they wouldn't have cared at all. Like it would have just been like, might have given them more fodder for jokes, honestly. As horrible yeah. as that is to say.
0: I don't know. Have we come around a bend now in a good way that like, Cause I feel like like Brendan Fraser, for instance, I feel like is not made fun of. As I feel like he's very deeply respected and listened to, and he's been through some s- similar, not the same, but but similar tribulations, right? Yeah. And he, but he is not. But also, he's a guy, so I don't
1: know. Like you know, I think I think the the Me Too movement helped in a big big way for a lot of people to start taking these things more seriously. Yeah. Obviously, didn't solve everything, but. I do think that that helped in terms of people's understanding of like, oh, I guess this is actually an issue. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I think but- at the at the time, like, you could come forward about anything, and the only thing anyone would say is, "How do we know you're telling the truth?"
0: Yeah. Well, and I will say, like, at these all all these articles I read about Anne, there were some articles that were very particular that the things that she said happened in her book were alleged.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And, like, some some articles don't say that. And some of them just believe the victim. But that's, like, a really typical thing to do is, like, well, how do we know it was true? Right. How do we know that she had a good enough memory at two years old to know that was happening? It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Can yeah. we just, like, not?
1: Gosh, that's terrible. It's terrible.
0: And I think, like, the general assumption... Probably is that like, oh, maybe she made it up just to like get famous again or get popular again. Because arguably, kind of the peak of her career, you know, so far at the time of her death had happened like around all these big news stories. Like her star was rising and then she was in the news a lot and it was like, you know, and dating Ellen helped, like helped her, like it helped her image. Dating Steve Martin certainly did too, you know, like these things that were happening in her life that were personal. But it doesn't, I don't feel like it was implied in any of my research that she. Was trying to manipulate people. It just happened to be she was existing in these circles, and then then because she was a part of all these connectivities, you know, people just start you start to get famous. I think, and and but I think then people assume that she like made up her memoir for mm-hmm. attention or something. And apparently, her mom like went on focus on the family and like talked about the sins of homosexuality at some point after she had come out uh, yeah, with her relationship course, with Helen yeah, and all well. this stuff. And, <sighs>
1: The 90s. It's just terrible.
0: The 90s. Anyway. Anyway, Anne's story makes me really sad. Me too. It's it's like she didn't deserve it. No. Nobody really deserves it, actually. Not even Norma McCorvey. You know, nobody deserves yeah. no, it.
1: No, no, absolutely not.
0: It's a huge bummer. Like, some of these other women we've talked about as crazy. I, you know, like, I think Mary Todd Lincoln got the short end of the stick, too. You know, I think she had issues, too. But then, you know, Chloe, I don't know if you that, one I that episode. I haven't heard that one. The gist of it is that she did have some... Probably some issues of some kind, like, but they also, like, refused to pay her, her husband's salary, and they didn't have any salary after Lincoln was assassinated, and she was trying to fight to get what was left, like, would have been her husband's salary, and then, like, a widow's pension for the president's wife, Mm -hmm. like, none of that stuff existed, and she was, like, getting fucked over in the system, and she was part of this high society, and when she tried to sell her dresses, she was, like, chastised by society for, for, like, her low state Right. And here she is like not with much money because of anyway, it's like it seems like this like similar hate cycle of like they decide they're going to hate somebody for whatever reason. And nobody's perfect. Like and certainly many of the several of the articles I was reading about Anne talked about how she did inflict damage on other people as well. Mm-hmm. But that is the pattern of abuse. Right. Like you're part of this cycle. And I think damages can be done even when you're not trying to. So. Now I'm just kind of rambling. I just feel terrible about Anne, yeah. and I don't know. What no, to you're say.
1: you're everything you're saying is right.
0: Crazy Anne Hedge.
1: Yeah, crazy.
0: But then she leaned into it and she embraced it, and that also I fucking admire about her. She was like, "Fuck it, I was crazy." <laughs> Let's talk about it, Barbara Walters. Yeah, but I didn't even get her any love then. I think she still kind of was this 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 pariah. So crazy, the situation, not her.
1: Yes, yes, for sure.
0: I should stop using that word in my regular vernacular. I'm starting to hate myself when I do. Anyway, well, that was Anne hatch ladies That's and gentlemen. That's
1: Anne hash I'm glad I know that now. And I mean, yeah. I, a lot more wow. going on.
0: And she's a very, we haven't done a lot of very modern women lately, especially, especially lately with the crazy series. I've covered a lot of women from, you know, the medieval times and forward. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of like the first, like more modern, things similar to the way they are now broad that we've called that that has been called crazy and it's so depressing because a lot of things haven't changed some things have, and then a lot of things haven't yeah she was an amazing broad
1: she was and a beautiful broad she, she and a talented better.
0: broad she deserved better
1: she's a good actor go watch her stuff
0: not i mean she's a great actor she was in that remake of psycho she was amazing in it oh yeah yeah that was at the sort of at the beginning of her like rise to fame mm-hmm. she was so good
1: Celebrate a woman who was taken too early and suffered too much.
0: Suffered too much. But she was an amazing, beautiful soul. To learn more about Ann Hatch, see photos of her, and some quotes from this episode, head on over to broadsyoushouldknow.com. While you're there, you can click on over to the About page and read more about me and Chloe. Our bios, photos, links to all of our cool stuff, all right there. Have you followed Broads You Should Know on social yet? We are on Facebook and Instagram at Broads You Should Know and Twitter at BYSK Podcast. To suggest a broad, fill out the form on our website or email us at broads you should know at gmail.com. Are you a fan of this podcast? If so, help spread the word about us. Share your favorite episode with your friends or family, or better yet, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps new listeners to find us. Broads You Should Know is produced by me, Sarah Gorski, and edited by Chloe Skye, with original music by Darren Callahan. Finally, if you are really drawn into Anne's story, then I highly suggest you check out the other women from this particular miniseries, including Mary Todd Lincoln, the least-like first lady of the United States of America, and Hannah Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin's very talented mother. See you next week for another Broad You Should Know.